Welcome back to the show, everybody. This is the Shankly Sessions, the Liverpool podcast we bring you each and every day on the upper tier on YouTube. If you could smash that subscribe and bell notification button. I thought I'd jump on just to put together a quick show where we'd address the Mo Salah and Sadio Mane situation. Um, a lot of stuff coming out in the last week or so. Um, making the situation very, very strange when you think about two players. Um, you know, who have spent their Liverpool career smiling, enjoying it, going through life, and all of a sudden in the last four to six weeks, things have taken um, a kind of a weird turn in terms of these two players. Um, we knew they were both heading to the final year of their contract. Um, we know that we had been negotiating with Mo Salah probably for the guts of a year at this stage in terms of his contract. Sadio a little bit less um and I'm sure he feels a little bit disrespected because of that as well. A um, number of issues there that'll come out. But um, I don't think we've seen two people, two human beings, um, that live their life kind of the right way, huge support for both their countries, um, and suddenly take this sharp turn that's dividing the fan base. Um, so what I want to do today is I want to have a look at the two situations individually, and then I want to talk about um, if they move on potential replacements and who do we think we'd like to get in and I had a look at some of the the front runners if you like and I had a look at some of their statistics um, so it'd be interesting to take a look at that and, and just see what the options are um, and I'd like to get your thoughts down in the comments as well let us know what you think I mean obviously there's been a lot of division about this in terms of what's been spoken and stuff like that so let's begin I suppose with Sadio Mane we may as well begin because he was going to the the first one to break ranks said before the Champions League that he would comment after the Champions League. Um, Klopp, of course, was questioned about the links with Bayern Munich and he said he couldn't care less, um, which to me sounds like the gaffer kind of already knew what Sadio's position was. Um, but Jorgen prior to the loss to Real Madrid admitted, he says, uh, Sadio will play next season. Uh, wherever Sadio will play next season, he will be a big player. Um, so if we look at Sadio Mane, um, the rumours of a wage demand, and of course we're not on the inside, so we don't know what the negotiations are like or anything like that. But the rumour on the inside is that he was looking for somewhere around £390,000 a week. That's what he wanted to be brought up from. Uh, his wage structure at the moment is about 120k a week. And I mean, all these would um, exclude, you know, win bonuses and various other things like that, obviously, that they would have in their contracts. Um, but then he came out with a weird one the other day, and he said uh, he was talking about 60 to 70% of Senegalese want him to leave Liverpool. Now, this is a kind of a weird one, because this is a kind of out of left field. It's kind of a strange one where it was like, it was like as if he was trying to apportion his decision to leave somewhere else because there's been a certain amount of backlash to it. Um, which was to me was kind of a weird one because, I mean, he came to Liverpool. Liverpool have turned him into an absolute global superstar. Uh, through his own hard work as well, and Jurgen Klopp and Liverpool, everyone has been involved. And they've also provided him with an income that has allowed him to send money back to Senegal and, you know, the story about hospitals and schools and regeneration of villages and water and all that kind of things. He's, he's been an absolute stellar human being in terms of that. 
Um, and when you look at his wages of 120000 a week, to normal Joe Soaps like me and you, that's a massive amount of money. But to a guy of him and his brand would be low. Now, my thinking is, if you doubled his money to somewhere around two hundred and forty to 250000 I think that would be reasonable. But I think it's a massive stretch to expect the club to triple his money or more. Um, and clearly, there was no point in even going into negotiations if this is where he was pitching it. So it seemed very quickly that Liverpool dipped its toe into the water and took its foot straight back out and said, no, 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 not at this stage. Um, and you can see both sides of it. You can see the player side of it. It's his probably last big contract for his age. Um, so he wants to maximise as much as he can. He obviously values himself very highly between himself and his brand and everything else. And I can understand that. Um, but I just think nearly, nearly the guts of £400,000 a week, I think is absolutely ridiculous. Um, and ridiculous to expect Liverpool with the structures that he has in place in terms of its wage structures and stuff like that to absolutely break it, I think would be a massive stretch. Um, so he turned around and he said, I will do what, what, I will do what they want um, in relation to this 60 to 70% of the Senegalese people wanting him to leave Liverpool, which I think is a weird one. I mean, it... I think that's a load of fob. I don't think that's the case. I don't know why any Senegalese people would want Sadio Mane to leave Liverpool. I think they would want him to continue his journey, create his legacy, and be an absolute legend at the club and an ambassador for years to come. Um, you know, and get that statue outside the ground and all that kind of stuff, you know. So that's a weird one. Let's move on to Mo Salah then. Mo Salah's current salary stands at about 210000 Per week, roughly speaking, again, I'm not on the inside, so I don't know. But he was seeking a salary of between four hundred to four hundred and fifty thousand. But I think he was offered somewhere in the region of two hundred and sixty thousand. I think it came out that he was offered a fifteen percent pay rise. Now, again, not being on the inside with these things, this is what's being put out there. So this is what we're commenting on. This is not my inside information. This is what's out there in the public domain. But also looking at it as well, um. Up till about four weeks ago with Mo Salah, um, maybe five, six weeks ago, um, the, the narrative was that it wasn't about money, that it was about the ambition of the club, the progress of the club, the things it was going to put in place, all this kind of stuff, and money wasn't a factor. But clearly, it's come to light in the Mo Salah situation that money has become a factor. Um, because the club has shown ambition. We signed Canate, we signed Luis Diaz, we're in for other players. We've created this new brand new training, state-of-the-art facility in sports science. We've tied Jurgen Klopp down for a further two years. So we've made all the moves that you would expect the club to make that's ambitious. We also were hunting down four trophies this season and we were on the, the cusp of a historic quadruple. Um, and we broke a number of records on the way and a number of individual records on the way, and, and a lot of that was down to Mo Salah. But he's also had a massive drop-off in the last six months, a massive drop-off. Um, and the current situation for him at the moment is he's saying that he's staying this season, and it looks like he's going to walk away on a free. Um, and I'm not sure whether that's the case or not, because I don't know 
whether you can have a player like Mo Salah. And no disrespect to him, he's an absolute professional. But I don't know whether having him around the squad at this stage is a really, really good idea if his mind is elsewhere and his commitment is elsewhere. I think that would have to be looked at. And and I guess my own situation or my own thinking on this is I guess that both these guys are going to go. Um, we've also had rumblings out from Mo Salah saying that he'd have no problem moving to a Premier League rival. That is his... Um, his desire would be to stay in England. Um, and that's obviously because the profile in England with the Premier League and all is huge compared to all the other leagues around Europe. And plus also Real Madrid and Barcelona have their own issues at the moment. So they're not really an option. PSG, probably not really an option either with Mbappe staying there. Plus all the players that they have. Mo would go in there and just get lost in the wash as a squad player. Um, but it was an interesting... It was an interesting... Um, an interesting um, movement this week where he turned around and said he'd have no problem moving to a rival. Now, what does that mean? Does that mean we let him stay and run down his contract? Um, or does that mean he's pushing for him for a move? But coming out and saying things like that doesn't endear yourself to the fan base at all. Um, and the real question for you guys as viewers like myself is, does this tarnish their legacy? And do clubs now need to look at adjusting uh, player contracts to protect themselves more from this situation in terms of players leaving on a free. Is this going to be the new norm? And we're going to do an episode on that, uh, looking at players' contracts and what could be done there in order, like how much of it protects the player, how much of it protects the club. Um, because it's, it, it's, a, it's a strange situation, you know, because like, if you look at the Liverpool situation, Sadio Mane and Mo Salah came into Liverpool as decent players, reasonable profile, didn't come in for huge money, you know, anywhere between 30 to 40 million each, um, depending on what you read. Um, but between the club and the rise of the club back to prominence and the work that Jurgen Klopp and his team have done, and obviously the work that both players have done as well, these two boys have become global superstars. And in becoming global superstars and the huge part that Liverpool as a club has played in that rise of both players as becoming global superstars, is it a reasonable assumption that players can then just walk away and the club is to, the, to no benefit at all? Or should there be a situation there where there's a clause in a contract potentially that in the event that a player wants to walk away on a free that there's kind of like a final, a final kind of payment or a contract thing or something. You know, like when you when you you buy a car on payments, you pay payments for three to five years, and then at the end, there's a larger payment that completes it. Should something be given back to the club, or when the player goes and negotiates his signing on fee, should a club get a portion of that to compensate them for creating this global superstar? So it's just it's just something out there. I, I'm not I'm not leaning one way or another. I'm just putting it out there as a conversation piece. Again, let me know in the episode. Let me know in the comments what you think, um, how you feel about this situation. So let's get on and look, um, and let's create a situation here. Let's suppose we know Sadio Mane is probably going to go. It's only a timing thing, and we know potentially that Mo Salah is either going to go in a year or the club is going to be forced to time to cash in on him this summer. 
and get some sort of return on their investment. So let's assume both go. So if both go, we've been linked with Christopher Nkunku. We've been linked with Darwin Nunes. We've been linked with Robert Lewandowski. We've also been linked with Harry Kane, Jared Bone, Tammy Abraham, Rafina, Son, and Ivan Tony. Um, so when you look at those guys, and I'm sure there's more, um, I think once there's a situation like this evolves at a big club like Liverpool, I think you're linked with every striker under the sun and every front player under the sun, basically. Um, and and it's a weird one. So, I, you know, I looked at Harry Kane. I don't see him moving out of Spurs. I don't think Daniel Levy would want to sell him. I think if he went down the road of selling him or son, I think Conte might walk. Um, so I don't see that happening. Jared Bone is one that we've had our eye on. But I guess it depends on, you know, what West Ham want to do as well because they're looking into, we've heard today, they're looking into Brogia. Um, it's at a very early stage. I don't know whether business could be done there between themselves and Chelsea or whether Chelsea might want the boy back. He's had a fabulous season at Southampton. Um, so if he was to go in there, would they be willing to let Jared Bone go? And would he end up at Liverpool? And is he a fit for Liverpool? That is the question. Um, in terms of Rafina, he's another one that we've inquired about before. Um, again, I'm not too sure. I know Leeds have been making inquiries about Tacky. Um, would Tacky be used as part of a deal for Rafinha going the other way with Leeds? Who knows? I'm not too sure. Tammy Abraham. Um, well, it wouldn't be the first time that we've taken a Chelsea player from Roma and turned him into a global superstar. So could history repeat itself? where Tammy Abraham comes back to the Premiership after being at Rome and lighting up the Italian League this year and come to Liverpool and become a huge superstar. Who knows? Very talented guy. So then that leaves us with the kind of the, the three front runners that we've been closely linked with, which is Nkunku, Nunes and Lewandowski. Now, if you look at Lewandowski's situation, I don't see a situation where he comes to Liverpool. I think he has his heart set on Barcelona. He's basically said it as much so that he's out of Bayern Munich, wants to go to Barcelona, has openly said it. Um, but Barcelona have their own problems as well. They have a huge problem with their wage cap um, and they haven't even registered players like Christensen off Chelsea that they've already signed. So there's a bit of a backlog there and there's talk of obviously the Us, Usman Dembele going to Chelsea. Um, there's talk of other players. We've been linked with Gavi. Um, and obviously, Man United have been linked with Frankie de Jong. So there could be a number of players go out there that allows that to happen. But ultimately, I think he'll end up going to Barca. So we can kind of rule him out. But he has had a fabulous season. If you look at his season, 46 games, 50 goals, 7 assists. Broke Gert Muller's, uh, Gert Muller's uh, German record in the league. 50 goals, 7 assists in total. Um. You know, mainly his goals. Obviously, you know, he's a specialist in the Champions League. 10 games, 13 goals, 7 assists. You know, so more than a goal contribution in every game. He's an absolutely frightening striker at times. And in the Bundesliga, 35 games. Um, Sorry, 34 games, 35 goals and 4, four assists. So 39 goal contributions in 34 games. Absolutely outstanding season for Robert Lewandowski and would be a great addition 
to any Premier League side. But I don't see it happen. I think he'll go to Barca. Now, if you look at Darwin Nunes, he's been heavily linked with Chelsea. He's been heavily linked with Man United, heavily linked with ourselves. Um, played it was absolutely unbelievable when he played against us in the Champions League. Um, but you look at the season he's had, 41 games, 34 goals and 4 assists. So literally a goal contribution a game this boy has had. He's powerful. He's strong. He has a serious turn of foot. I think he's only second on the speed ranking in, in Europe. Something like 36 kilometers an hour he's being clocked at. Um, which if you compare that to Mo Salah and Sadio Mane, I think they've both been clocked around 32, 33 kilometers. So this guy's three kilometers faster than Mo Salah and Sadio Mane. So outstanding pace. And especially from a standing position, if you see the way he moves, he can leave defenders for dead. Um. 22 years old, so fits the profile for Liverpool in terms of coming in yeah, young. Plays for Benfica, obviously. Valued at the moment at about £50 million, um, But the likelihood is he'd probably cost upwards of 65 or 70 I'd imagine, to get in. And if all Premier League clubs that I spoke about earlier are in from, and it becomes a bidding war, that could even tip towards mid-70s and into 80s. Who knows? Um, Champions League, 10 games, 6 goals. And in Portugal, 28 games, 26 goals and four assists. So 30 goal contributions in 28 games this season. Again, a fabulous return, you know. Um, I'm sure if he came in, if he was, you know, if he was up there with Luis Diaz, we've seen how quick he's blended in and smoothed in. And he's been a sensation for us already within the first six months of his career at Liverpool. Going to have a fabulous preseason, going to be a huge player next season. The one that is kind of my preference um, he's an absolutely outstanding baller, but he's going to be very, very difficult to get in. It's Christopher Nkunku. Um, 24 years old, again, fits the profile, RB Leipzig. Leipzig. So we have a bit of history there with doing deals with them, so it's all good. Um, valued at 59 million, I think that 59 million is way short. I think he's more like 65, 70, um, if I'm thinking, and maybe a little bit more. Uh, 51 games this season, 35 goals, 20 assists, 20 assists, 35 goals, 55 goal contributions in 51 games. So more than a contribution per game. If you look at his profile in the Champions League, six games, seven goals, two assists. So nine goal contributions in six games. Went into the Europa League, five games, four goals. And also in the Bundesliga, um, 34 games, 20 goals, 15 assists. So 35 goal contributions in 34 games. This guy is a proper baller. And he would be my preference to come in. I know we've been linked with Ivan Tony, and no disrespect to Brentford or Ivan Tony, but I think if Ivan Tony was coming into us, I think he'd be more a backup plan for um, Divock Origi, and I think he would give us just a different option off the bench and stuff like that, that this year will definitely be needed, if you think about the number of games that are going to be involved. I would expect Liverpool to be fighting on all four fronts again, deep into each of those competitions, and we're going to need different plans, different tactics, different players to deploy that stuff. So if he was coming in, I think that would be the Origi situation, um, but my preference would be Nkunku, and then Darwin Nunes. Um, only, I think, with Robert Lewandowski, I don't think he fits the model 
like he's a brilliant player and he would score goals for Liverpool, but I don't think he fits the FSG model that what they normally look at in terms of player profile. Um, mainly because of age, not because of goals or not because of goal contributions. Um, but I, I think he's going to Barca as well. So the, the two candidates for me are then Kunku and Darwin Nunes. And I think both are going to be really difficult to land. Um, I know Chelsea is interested in both. Um, so that would be interesting to see what way that would go with the new ownership there. United are also interested in both. But I think at this stage, um, in both clubs' development, I think Liverpool probably have more to offer them in terms of Champions League football. Um, and as where we're trying to kind of rebuild our front line this season, obviously with the, the news of Salah and Mane potentially, um, I don't think we're on a full rebuild there, you know, um, compared to United. I think with United, they have a massive rebuild ahead. And I know Ten Hag, I think he'll do a fabulous job there. But I think it's a, it, it's a huge task at the moment to expect those guys to commit to their, um, and also Europa League football. They probably want Champions League football. So that's kind of my view at the moment of where Salah and Mane are. It is definitely the end of an era. We know one, if not both, will go. It's going to be an adjustment for the fan base because they've given us some fabulous moments. But the question coming out of this at the moment is what we're hearing. Have they? Are they going to tarnish their legacy? Is this going to roll on and on and on? Um, and what is the position of the club and what does the club need to do? Um, because we're going to have to have a plan and we're going to have to act fairly quickly. Um, and is it acceptable that we can go into next season with one of our front men being a man who doesn't want to be there, who basically wants to move on and run down his contract? I think that would be very difficult to manage for Jurgen Klopp. Let us know what you think in the comments. This is the Shankly Sessions. Um, if you want to contact us, we're on Twitter at Sessions Shankly, the upper tier podcast at gmail.com. And we're also on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok, the Upper Tier Podcast. And audio versions of the show, as always, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Amazon Music. And we will talk to you again real soon.